0: Good morning. How are you guys? Um, Kids, it's your turn. You're welcome to go upstairs. Right up there. We've got some good stuff planned for you. Um, My name's Ryan, if we haven't met. Uh, Pastor Tom's away this weekend getting rejuvenated and geared up for for next Easter. So so we wish him and Sheree well and get rested up. Um... Happy Palm Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my thought this week too. The whole—that's right. Um, I think Jesus is going to come, come hang out with us today and get us prepared for what is probably the most important week of the year to Him. Um, this morning, before before service, I was studying. I was reading the the triumphant entry passages in all four. Of the gospels, and I realized—I mean, I, I kind of knew—but it just hit me this morning, like roughly a third of all four gospels is this week, and so that's how important it is. I, just kind of neat. So, happy Palm Sunday. Um, before we get diving in too deep this morning, I did want to take a moment. If if you didn't know, I just found out our community suffered a pretty big loss this week. Um, a young man passed away. I didn't really know the family, I'll be honest. Um, but I know that some of the people in our church did. Um, and I just just wanted to offer to you that if that is you, if you were close to these people, sometimes we don't have the right things to say. It's really hard to know what to say in these times. And I would just submit to you that maybe the best thing to say is, we love you. We're here for you. Um, so I just just would encourage you to keep the Dedrickson family in your thoughts and prayers this week. They've had a rough few days, and they've got a few more ahead. Um, if you are struggling with that, if you knew them closely, please come find me. Uh, Josh is here. If he doesn't get called out, you know, we'd be happy to pray with you or talk with you if you're struggling with, with that. Um, okay. Next Sunday... It's Easter. We at Bethany kind of have a tradition to do baptism Easter. It's kind of neat, right? Jesus died on the cross to cleanse our sins, and so we use Sunday to repent and cleanse ourselves. It's pretty, pretty epic if you've never been to a Bethany baptism. It's like a big party, right? Um, poppers and noisemakers, and uh, Luke fifteen seven probably says it best. <laughs> Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. That's next Sunday. Heaven is going to rejoice next Sunday because we're going to have some, some baptisms, and it's going to be great. Um, Tom asked me to address maybe some questions that people might have about baptism. If you've never been baptized and you're thinking about it, maybe you have some questions. Um, Quite honestly, sometimes the best way to answer some of that stuff is to let someone else do it, right? I found a video that I think pretty much nails it, so I'm going to play this video for you real quick. Um, Enjoy.
1: at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his time on earth he tells his followers that every believer should have an experience like that in their journey now I was baptized when I was 8 years old but my journey hasn't always lived up to that moment I've wandered I've doubted sometimes I've just rebelled against God so it begs the question what was my baptism for? was it inauthentic? was it a, a poor attempt at an empty ritual? Or a rite of passage that didn't stick? What's the point of a moment like that if our journey will still have its struggles? I mean, what is baptism and why does it matter so much to Jesus? It turns out, as is often the case with Jesus, that there's actually a story behind the story. And the story behind the story in Jesus' baptism is the Exodus. When the Hebrew people were in Egypt, they weren't really a people at all. They were just a bunch of poor, extended family living in somebody else's country where they were property. Every day they went to work and they were reminded that they had no identity, no rights, no freedom by the lashes that hit their backs when they couldn't make enough bricks to keep up with the thriving economy of Egypt. Can you imagine the feeling of the lashes on your back when you couldn't keep up with the demands of your taskmasters? I mean, how about you? Have you ever come home from a day of work and felt like your identity was nothing more than a cog in a machine? Maybe you feel like even the people who are closest to you in life would rather use you than know you. What happens to our identity when the loudest voices are the ones that beat us down? So God looks down and he sees the Hebrew people. And he sees that they know themselves as slaves and workhorses, but they don't know themselves as children of God. And he decides to do something about it. So he sends Moses into Pharaoh's courts. Moses says, let the people go. Pharaoh says, no. And God sends devastating plagues on the nation of Egypt. Eventually, Pharaoh relents. And for the first time in generations, the Israelite people are free. They walk out of Egypt to become their own people. They come up against the waters of the Red Sea. And at that point, Pharaoh changes his mind, and he sends his armies to get them. And what do you do when you think that God has saved you, and then you're not so sure? What do you do when doubt and struggle enter in? Maybe you don't do anything. Maybe God comes through. God sends Moses to lead. He puts his hands outstretched over the waters of the Red Sea, and the waters literally part as the people of Israel walk through on dry ground. Now, Pharaoh's armies think they can get to them, so they pursue them, except as they enter the Red Sea, the waters come back in and swallow them up. And all of a sudden, you're Israel. You've been saved twice already. You're standing on dry ground, and you've come up out of the water. You keep reading though and after god brings israel out of the water you sort of wonder if you bet on the wrong horse because they still have struggles on their journey they still have problems along the way in fact there are moments when you flat out wonder if they've lost their identity again after their red Sea moment it's like they keep listening to these voices that whisper to them or shout to them and say you're not who you think you are but maybe that's the point god didn't bring them through the water because they would be perfect He brought them through the water because he knew that they would wander and that they would need an anchor in their story, a tether to their identity when lies get shouted at them about who they are and their future. Now, baptism for Jesus doesn't just look back to the Exodus. It looks forward, too, because our deliverance didn't happen at the Red Sea with Moses' arms extended. It happened at the cross with Jesus' arms outstretched. We were not rescued from Pharaoh's army and we've been saved from the slavery of sin it's not the waters that cleanse us but they symbolize a life that has gone to the cross with jesus and come up from the grave with a new identity of freedom in him because we're going to have moments when we're tempted to believe that we're the old us instead of the new us you're going to have voices screaming at you that say that you're not holy you don't belong to him you are not loved But you and I are given a moment to step into the waters, to feel grace wash over us from head to toe. Jesus says be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your sins may seem to pursue you, but they've been drowned in the blood of Christ, shed at the cross. We've been renamed, reclaimed by Jesus. We've been adopted as sons and daughters. We are children of God. Engage in a defiant act of protest against the voices of shame that chase you and tell the world that you belong to him.
0: good, isn't it? Nailed it. Um, if you think that there's something you want to do, if you've never done it, I've got some sign-up sheets. Um, we'd love to talk to you. You know, We can email or call and get you signed up. I'm going to give one of these to each section. If you still think you might have some questions, please, there again, find me find Josh, Quincy, Kevin, um, we'd be happy to talk with you. It's, I, I'm just so excited to do baptisms on Easter. How cool is that, right? Um, and I, I think the most important thing that he says is, and one of the most misconceptions about baptism is we're not saying that we're going to be perfect None of us are perfect. It's just a proclamation to the world that I'm going to follow Jesus. And it's a commitment from our church too because we're committing back to you to support you on your walk. Um, So even if you're not getting baptized next week, you still have a role. Um, And there again, if if you're not going to take the dip next week, you have a job this week to prepare the way, right? Palm Sunday. Remember, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Tom gave us the peeps. Remember, all, all the peeps are going to be there. There's a bucket out there still. Our job this week is to invite people, get as many people here next week as we can to let them hear about the word of Jesus, the good news. I'm going to rename it Palm Week. Yeah, I know it's Palm Sunday, but it's really Palm Week, right? We're going to take the week to prepare for Easter. And for most of us, that really probably starts tomorrow morning. Monday morning work, that's where we meet our people, right? That's where our peeps are, for the most part. And that kind of ties into my message today, where I was last week. Monday morning work, I have a confession to make. I didn't do a very good job last week. Um, You know, as a leader of a church, you guys have asked some of us to stand up and pray and help lead and... Uh, I think a huge part of that is being a role model. And last week, I didn't do a very good job, I'll be honest. I'm talking mostly specifically about work. I didn't glorify God in my work last week. To take a quote from the office, I had a serious case of the Mondays. But it wasn't just Monday, right? It was like the Tuesdays and the Wednesdays and even a little bit of the Thursdays. I was off last week. Um, I got back. I helped my sister move last week. I wasn't at church. I got back late Monday night, so I was tired. And then Tuesday, Vicki got a chance to go with some friends to the Garth Brooks concert, so I had the kids by myself. And work was kind of a mess, right? Wednesday, I had to go get a lift so I could get on it Thursday morning before the sun came up to take these stupid signs down that I've been dreading right like right on the corner of Maine and Tamichi there's these signs that we have to take down when we do that we do it at like five in the morning because we got to block a lane of traffic and just (laughs) kind of like the video mentioned and I love this baptism video because it ties so much into what we're talking about today I kind of felt like the Egyptians a little bit this week maybe kind of trapped in my work and not motivated and just, like he said, kind of felt like my identity was just a cog in the machine, right? It sometimes is compounded for Vicky and I this time of year, and I would assume for a lot of you small business owners it's the same, right? Springtime, you're not very busy, it's the hardest time of the year to pay bills and you're just like, why do I work so hard? it's kind of a downer, right? And what happens when you get to that place? Like everything is harder, right? Every decision you make is harder. Some examples would be like, you know, one day Vicky asked me, "Where do you want to eat for lunch?" Well, "I don't care." "Well, how about Mario's? Well, I don't really feel like pizza." "Well, how about Mexican?" "Well, Nails is closed." It just can't make a decision, right? We we tuck the kids into bed and we turn on TV. Well, what do you want to watch? I don't care. Well, we recorded some shows. No. Yeah. Well, the Kentucky basketball game is on. That's going to be a blowout, right? <laughs> You're just like, blah. The sign shop was kind of the same way for me this week. We ha- I kind of had a to-do list. It wasn't a real crazy week, but I had a handful of things to do and I found myself constantly like looking at the list like, I don't really want to do that one finding excuses, right? I go, oh, the materials aren't going to be here for that one tomorrow. Oh, the lake's going to thaw. Maybe I should start working on Weekend Warrior stuff. And what I end up doing a lot of the time is you study your list so long and you make up so many excuses, you waste a ton of time just studying your list when if you'd have just jumped in and started doing stuff, you could have had half of it done by now, right? Picking a topic for today was kind of the same scenario for me. Right? I was. I, we had discussed a few weeks ago with Tom about some Sundays throughout the year that maybe he might need a break, kind of trying to forecast. And we would identified this Sunday as one where it would be a good time for him to, to take a day of rest. And so I knew all week that I had to prepare. And I kept thinking of things to talk about today. And it was just like, ugh. you know, Palm Sunday, prepare the way. I mean, it's kind of the same message every year. What's the new spin on that? Maybe I could shoot my bow in church. Oh, wait, we've already done that one, right? If you weren't here, by the way, yeah, we really did. Um, maybe a worship Sunday. We could just sing songs all day in worship. Have you guys heard me sing? Like, not a good idea. So, I, I honestly, I'm kicking this around all week, and I even called and talked to Josh a couple of times this week. I'm like, dude, I got nothing. Like, and it's rolling into Thursday, and I'm like... Uh. So Thursday morning, dark, right? I'm on top of this lift at the corner of Main and Tamici, right at the stoplight, taking these signs down. And I look down across the street, and the open light comes on at the beam. Like I'm up in the lift working on it, and the light comes on. And I, looking back, kind of think maybe it was a light from God because of coffee, right? The neck oh, no. <laughs> but long time ago, six, seven years ago, we started a men's Bible study with me and a couple of my good buddies. And we used to meet at the Bean every Thursday morning. And we did, like, you know the lifespan of a Bible study, like, 18 months is a pretty good run, right? That one was like four or five years. It was awesome. And, even after I stopped going, a couple of them have continued on. And, and so I'm up in the lift and the light goes on and my hands are cold so I'm thinking coffee and then I realize, oh, it's Thursday morning. You know, they meet at 6.30, I'm probably going to be done by 6.30 so I send my buddy a text like, hey, are you guys meeting tomorrow or this morning? And he's like, yeah, well, can you make it? Um, so I finish my job up and I walk across and a couple of my buddies, one of them I haven't seen in a long time, are sitting around the table studying Acts 19 and not that there was anything specific in Acts nineteen that was like the aha moment. But the aha moment for me Thursday morning was I can honestly say that was the first time all week I'd really studied my Bible. And I mean I read like the little verse of the day on my phone, but you know, when you're in that mood you just it doesn't resonate. And like the light switched on. You know what I mean? It was like that that was it. And I realized after I was done, I was coming back to the shop, those words from Eric Williams that I talked about last time I was up here about just preach where you are, that's, that's where I was. Right? I had a serious case of the Mondays all week. And how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that groove? And so at least I had a topic I'm kind of studying. And that night, Vicky and I are going through YouTube trying to find, like, the office clip, right, of the Mondays. I'm thinking that'll be a good one to show and we're finding all these videos of people freaking out at work. Like, if you have an hour to kill, seriously, just type in case of the Mondays on YouTube. <laughs> these people are crazy. Um, but then Vicky has tells me, she's like, well, what about that new app thing that your, the church just bought? And if you were here last week, you heard Tom introduce the Right Now Media app. It's a thing that we just bought as a church. It's available to all of our members. And it's just like this huge library of videos and study material. Um, So we crawl on, and it's all topical. So we search work stress or something like that, go down to work, and boom, what's the very first one that pops up? It's called the Monday Switch. Like, bingo. I mean, just nailed it. Um Probably the best thing for us to do today would have just been to watch that series. There are six of them. They're like eight minutes long. Um, but, you know, that would probably be too long. And I'm only going to talk for like 40 minutes today. So <laughs> okay. uh, so I'm going to kind of walk you through this a little bit. But that the switch was like this idea it was perfect. Um, So in the very first series of The Switch, he runs through some facts on Mondays that I think are really interesting. And instead of watching the video, I'm just going to run you through them real quick. Um, 50% of all workers are late on Monday. I'm not sure if this is U.S. or worldwide or some study they did. Productivity is less than 30% on Monday. 30% of what? I'm not sure, but obviously productivity is way down on Monday. According to their study, most people don't even smile until 11:16 a.m. on Monday. <laughs> I don't know what time you get to work, but for most people, what's that, like three and a half hours before you even crack a smile, right? Um, most people moan, and we're going to define moan in a second, at least 10 minutes on Monday. A couple more serious ones. Heart attacks are 20% more frequent on Monday than any other day. And Monday is the highest day of the week with... Or the highest suicide rate as on Monday than any other day of the week. Monday's shape our whole week right and one of the guys in the series even says you know my monday starts on sunday night because i'm already thinking about what i got to do tomorrow and who i've got to line out and the tasks and oftentimes before i even go to bed on sunday night i've already flipped the switch off for monday um i've got i'm going to play just a real short clip from this first video series you got that one it's just like a 50 second or This one starts at three yeah there we go we got her. It just takes one little tiny thing to flip your switch, right? Um, I love that definition of moan. I don't know if you guys saw it very well. But it says, to grumble, whine, complain, groan, or gripe, either in thought or in word. So you mean I have to count what I'm not just saying, but what I'm thinking too, right? In the case of the Mondays, just tripled. As we work through this, I think it's important... For me to point out, all of our jobs are different, right? You don't necessarily have to go to work tomorrow. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you're retired and you're helping the lady across the street move. But work is whatever you're called to do tomorrow, right? God calls us all to work and to all do different tasks. And this applies to all of us. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 we might have missed that one. Do we not have that one? Yeah, sorry about that. But it's all right. It says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may, may be able to endure it. This is one of my very favorite verses. And there's really two parts here. We can kind of unpack this. The first part, I'll read again, says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. What he's telling us, you're not the only one that's had a case of the Mondays, right? I was looking last night, there's like 7 billion people in the world. We've all gone through it, every one of us. Does that mean like 3.5 billion people are going to be late tomorrow? (laughs) Right? (laughs) the second part and this is the exciting part God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it the second part is God created the switch right he gave us a way out and for me last week that was Thursday morning it was sitting down and reading my Bible something I hadn't done all week Um, I've said it already but I have written down here our entire week hinges on our choices to flip the switch on or off on Monday tomorrow morning or tonight whatever uh, whatever the case may be we make a decision either to turn him on or turn him off and I can tell you right now I'm going to have a great week you know why? Because the last two days I have been so invested in the Word, I've got all this stuff floating around in my head, right? Well, that and Blue Mesa is going to open tomorrow, so. <laughs> um, Proverbs seventeen twenty two says this: A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Solomon. Nailed it, right? Absolutely nailed it. If you turn that switch on tonight or tomorrow morning, have good medicine all week, right? Dry up the bones. That's how I felt last week. I was just down and like nothing I did was enough. Just couldn't make a decision. And I'll I'll be completely honest with you, it spilled into the house. Like I got home after work and I was just tired and I was drained and I was done. I just was over it last week in the second part of this series um, they define a thing he calls Monday morning atheists and it might uh, call it, I, I think defining an atheist might be a little strong but but the idea is sound when you're at work and you're doing your job sorry I'm fighting a little bit of a cold this morning bear with me oh. so Monday morning If you're at work, or all week when you're at work, and you're working like there is no God, his theory is that you're essentially being an active atheist. I can see his point. Um, I still think the words might be strong, but God created us to work. He gave us a task. He gave us all very specific things to do. And if we're doing those things as if he doesn't exist, then we're essentially being an active atheist. Do you kind of follow me? Um, the second part I'm going to play another little video clip (laughs) this is my favorite Um, the first two words are are the best in this video clip do you have that second one loaded up for us (laughs) mondays suck there i said it. i hate mondays it's not that i don't enjoy my job it's just that i get overwhelmed by everything that needs to be done it probably wouldn't be so bad if i didn't have to work with people people really screw things up not that i'm perfect either while i believe in god it's hard for me to keep that in mind when i'm at work it's easier to keep that part of my life separate like on sunday Working in a hospital where it's very busy, tense, and fast-paced environment, there are many times in my work where I've switched God off. I'm juggling a lot of tasks and details, and I just don't have time to think about God. I've become very impatient, and I need to confess that my reactions are not very pleasing. Monday has... There's there's a handful of these, and I would encourage you, if, if you're looking for something this afternoon, to watch through that, but... Did they nail it or what? <laughs> if I didn't have to work with people, my job would be so easy. <laughs> I tell Vicky all the time, if we didn't have customers at the sign shop, it'd be so great, right? <laughs> um, the the lady, the the nurse, I think really hit what I was going through this week. Um, Life is just so busy right now. You forget. I, I don't intentionally switch him off. Um, and just there's so much rattling around, and you know we've got kids that we got to take care of and get to school. And um, we're an employee short right now, so the sign shop's actually pretty busy for this time of year. I'm getting ready to start guiding probably this week, so everything's just kind of like, and I forget. I, I wake up in the morning and. My shower time is like my day scheduling time. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you just start going through, like, oh, I got to meet this person at this time, and this sign has to be done tomorrow, and uh, I got I to finish this permit paperwork before I can get on the lake next week. And it just, like, you build your task. And this week, I forgot to ask God for help. I did. Uh, I'm just being honest with you. Um, Stuart. Where is Stuart at? Do we have do we have a, a closing song today? Okay. Um, let me see where we want to break this. This went a little quicker than I thought. That's okay. I think what I'm going to do is let's go ahead and let Stuart and the game come up and sing us a song, and then we'll close it out with a, with a scripture and a, and a prayer. Um, while they're getting ready to do that, I just want to re- remind you that it's Palm Week. Think about that all week long, right? It's not just Palm Sunday. Our job is to prepare the way for Easter. The one day, I mean, it's not the one day, but the biggest day that we have an opportunity to impress on people God's love for us is, is this week. And so when you go to work, that's where, we're, where the peeps are, right? It's where our sticky ball of friends are. Um, so let's, let's ponder on that. And